Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You are listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous with your host, Lauren Conlon. Hey guys, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon, and I hope everyone is hanging in there with being quarantined and all. I'm basically going crazy, but that's okay. I'm here to hopefully bring you a pleasant distraction. So I had a very safe Skype interview with talented director Mark Myers last week. Mark directed the 2017 film My Friend Dahmer and the upcoming film Human Capital, which will be on demand for you this Friday, March 20th. So Human Capital first premiered earlier this year at the Toronto Film Festival, and it's like an all-star cast. Um, It's Liev Schreiber, Marissa Tomei, Alex Wolff, Maya Hawke, Peter Skarsgård, Paul Sparks, and it's kind of a drama about two different families that are brought together by a tragedy, and there's some kind of mystery that unfolds. So it definitely keeps you on your toes, and the movie itself... Um, it's the events are out of sequence. It's very cool. So it's really entertaining and you should be so pumped that you can watch it on demand in just a few days. So it was actually supposed to be in theaters as well, but yeah, because of the Rona theaters are closed. Um, so I'm going to play you my interview with Mark via Skype. And again, it is Skype. So bear with some awkward moments, mostly on my part. Um, but yeah, I hope okay, you enjoy perfect. Mark So Myers. Mark, I... I was so excited um, when I heard that I was going to have the chance to talk to you because I've been a huge fan of you since My Friend Dahmer. I'm like super drawn to those dark, dark movies and My Friend Dahmer was so good. And I also really enjoy when I find myself drawn to um, a character that I should not be drawn to if that makes sense. Um, And you were really, yeah, you were really able to do that for me with my friend Dahmer. So um, kudos to you. I I seriously loved it. I know we're not here to talk about that, but I can't help myself. Thanks. So, Thank you. Well, yeah. There's more. There's more where that. Com- there's more where that comes from. Yeah. No. I can't, I, I, I can't do another serial killer. Mo- I can't do another serial killer movie for a while. I think. Okay, but, but I don't want to be. But I did see yeah. you. You are possibly working on something like a horror movie or a thriller with Johnny Knoxville as well. Yeah, that's finished as well. So I directed that before I. I shot that in Canada in September. 2018 and then in november december i filmed human capital back to back and then they both were running and they were both basically running in the edit room simultaneously or taking turns and so they they then ended up premiering a week apart from each other human capital premiered at toronto and then a week later we some of the darkness premiered at fantastic fest oh wow okay Okay. yeah so human capital comes out march 20th Yes. And some of the darkness comes out April 10th. 
Okay, I'm so, so excited to see that as well. And this is like a side note, just really stupid. But um, I, I love Johnny Knoxville also, and I haven't seen him in anything in a while. So I'm like, this is great. I, so, Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. And uh, the movie is crazy. You know, really it's crazy? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. And I like Alexandra Daddario, too. I find her beautiful and very entertaining. So, um, but... She, yeah, she, she, she's great. She's the lead. I'm, um, she's a, become a good friend. Oh, I'm really, that's so I'm nice. really happy for these, for these two movies to kind of just exist yeah. while everyone's on lockdown or going to go in their hazmat suits to the movie theater. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, like, this is just total side note about Johnny Knoxville, but I feel like um, he's... Anything he's in right now, I think people are going to go see just because Jessica Simpson wrote this whole chapter about him and her book about how they had like this emotional affair when she was married to Nick Lachey. Um, so I don't know what he's thinking about that, but I feel like people are going to be like, ooh, I'm so interested in Johnny Knoxville now. <laughs> I, heard, I heard someone told someone told me about that Jessica Simpson uh, Deuce has Hazard thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I wasn't surprised, so... <laughs> But he, he, just as a side note on your side note, he is, a, he is such a professional. Mm-hmm. He, he is, he's so great. He's a wonderful actor, the sweetest guy. And, um, and I was just thrilled that he's in that movie. It yeah. Yeah. And he seems like it. And yeah. from what Jessica Simpson said, I mean, she even says like she deleted his number and he didn't even reach out to her. So it sounds like she was the aggressor because she got angry with him that she didn't hear from him for three months and he didn't even realize that, you know, she deleted his number. So, you know, she was very honest in the sense that I don't think he was really the aggressor. It's just kind of like, what are you going to do when Jessica Simpson is freaking hitting on you? Um, or, you know, whatever. But, um, <laughs> but yes, anyway, Human Capital, I thought this movie was so good. And by the way, I don't know if you saw, but the IMDb score is like a 9.1. So um, holler for that. Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, cool. yeah, cool. I just saw that. Um, and I like to sort of start from the beginning. Can you just, how did you get your hands on this script? Did you read the novel first? Or how did this come to fruition with you? So Maven Pictures had already developed the American adaptation of of the book mm-hmm. the book came out over a decade ago an italian director had done an italian version of it he realized the same themes applied in italy so he did an italian version of the film which i've only watched once what ended up really happening is that after my friend Dahmer, my my producing partner and wife jody Giorgenti, was given a copy of this script for me to consider um, by our friend that worked over Maven Pictures, Hardy Justice. And that partnership and that friendship led to us reading it. I've been a fan of Orrin Moverman's work for a very long time. So I was very honored and thrilled to sort of open that up. Mm-hmm. But when I, I got to it, I realized, oh, this is exactly the kind of project that I, I wanted to do next. It is non-chronological so it's playing around with form in a fun cinematic way right. that i was really excited excited by the themes in it were you know about the separation of american class the sort of loss of community mm-hmm. which i think we're all going through right now mm-hmm. um still so it's frighteningly still still relevant and it was and 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 there was a you know dialogue about the one percent that was in in the in the world at that point of course and right. um, 
and then and then just artistically like his uh, Oren's dialogue Oren's storytelling it was just so rich right um, that I was I just I knew that this would be such great material to work on with actors there's just such nuance in the dialogue and and such such room for the actors to inhabit these roles yes. that I immediately just you know I guess they say chase the opportunity yes um, and yes and so I, I love that yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I loved how it was not, um, everything was not in chronological, a lot of, oh, sorry, I can't even talk, chronological order. And it took me a minute to get that. I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. And now this is making so much more sense. Um, but going to the cast, I mean, the cast, I was like blown away by Maya Hawk and Alex Wolf. Um, I, I couldn't imagine anyone else in those roles. And I know you worked with Alex Wolf before on My Friend Dahmer, but you know, when you saw this script, did you immediately think of them, or or how did how does that work exactly? Well, yeah, when I first had the script, I thought, oh, I, I want to give this to, to Alex, right? Okay, for that role. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I just, as a friend, I just sent it to him. I go, dude, this is something I'm, I, 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 I could be doing soon. Mm-hmm. Please, please look at it. And I, I cross my fingers. I go, I, I think, I hope he lands on. That he, you know, I saw him as Ian, but I didn't want to put the words in his mouth. I wanted him to sort of just read it and go, what, what's up with Ian? And that's exactly what happened. So he just read it um, and you I didn't tell him it. that you wanted him as Ian at all? I, I, I think I like, there's two young roles in there. I think I might have hinted that is like, look at this through the lens of, of Ian. But I think I just wa- I wanted him to just read it first for us to have an open conversation about it. Right. Because he's such a versatile actor. If he landed and locked into the other role for some reason, I was open to hearing why. But okay. my instinct was that 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 this was interesting for him for him to do the Ian role. What I didn't anticipate is that he was gonna get so into it that he was gonna go pierce his eyebrow um, <laughs> I know. for the role. And, I you know, know. What I mean? <laughs> Yeah, you know, but he so told funny. me that. Yeah, you know, as we got closer. And was that yeah. like was he that was, real real blood the, when he's he like first, hitting himself he with the, it? <laughs> he, he was the first actor to sign on. What did you ask? I said, was that real blood when he's like freaking out at himself? And because it looked like it, the way he, you know, not giving no, anything is. away, it but is. yeah, that's, holy crap! No, that's, that's his. That yeah, he flipped out. Like we 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 talked it out. What yeah. we were gonna go do in that scene. Mm-hmm. And then he you know, we did the scene and then when he did it, he just went a little further and we just had to make sure that Maya was safe and that whatever whatever ways in which he was gonna move in the car was um safe. Yeah. But then that yeah, he hit himself and Oof. he started to bleed and the scene carried on and the moment I called cut I ran ran over to him and called the medic and made sure he was okay. Yeah. And he was, so exci- he was so excited. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So this kind of takes me yeah. into my my next question. Just because for a film like this, the directors that I talk to, some of them say, you know, we had ample time to rehearse; it was fine. And a lot of directors are just like, we had zero time to rehearse. And for this for this film in particular, the subject matter was so tough and some of these scenes were so tough. So I was just curious, how much time did you guys have to work through this? Or was it more like just one-on-one discussions? 
it was all one-on-one discussions over the phone mm-hmm. um, in advance. And, and, and part of what happened is as I was busy location scouting in the weeks leading up to filming, I was updating actors on the kind of locations that were sort of surrounding their character's world. Like, it was really important to find these three different homes. Mm. The upper class, beautifully uh, designed house that's by the base Massey Architect, a house out in um, Long Island on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. The sort of middle class home that we found in um, Ditmas Park, Brooklyn, to represent Liev's uh, middle class existence. Um, right. And then this small, and this really run down house we found in Queens to represent the sort of lower income house that Alex Wolf's character and his uncle lived in. Yes, and that was actually creepy uncle. House. Oh my gosh. That was the, the first house so that creepy. we let. Yeah, that one was so perfect that the moment we got there, we didn't need to look at any other homes. We were like, this one is perfect. It's right underneath the flight, yeah. flight uh, paths of the air of the airplanes and there's a cemetery behind it mm-hmm. and it was just run down inside and you just and those three homes helped express the three different worlds that we were going to explore yeah. when it came to rehearsing though like the week leading up to filming Liev Schreiber was hosting SNL so he hosted SNL on oh. a uh, Saturday night and he was on set Monday um, Maya Hawk was finishing Stranger Things and had her last shot on that first season that she was doing on like a Saturday night or a oh, Sunday morning. And she wow. was on set to shoot the first scene of our film on Monday morning at like 7 a.m. Um, wow. Alex, you know, and so all, all of the actors I was communicating with um, via Skype or phone call and we were talking about their characters and, and, and I was updating them on the world that we were sort of building around those ideas. Uh, I love that so much. Um, um, that, and that makes a lot of sense we, just because know, so much we, is, is tough. It's, it's tough subject matter. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, it's tough. Yeah. But, yeah. But at the same time, you know, every scene you're shooting, you have to give yourself enough time to rehearse before you turn the cameras on. And these actors are such pros that in most scenes, we could fairly quickly figure out the way in which we wanted to really approach that scene and for me to express that with the camera. Mm -hmm. And so we were, you know, under a tight independent film schedule, which is always sort of stressful. But we, you know, we made sure that we we rehearsed every scene before we did it. Right. And... And I really liked seeing Lee Schreiber um, just vulnerable in this movie, just because I'm so used to watching him on Ray Donovan. And I'm like, I'm watching him in this and I'm like, wait, I have to like blink my eyes for a second because what is going on? And it's great that he's able yeah. to do that switch. He's a really, really good actor. Um, he's he's by far one of my favorites. So, um, yeah. He's uh, extraordinary. I, I, um, that's, that collaboration has been such a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just uh, the way in which she works through the process of figuring out the, the nuances and building a scene uh, brick by brick, line by line, um, wow. was an extraordinary thing to, to, to be a part of with him. Mm-hmm. And for me to also then realize how simply I could film him because he gives you so much so in, in, um and that even that's such a masculine way, there's such vulnerability at the same time. Exactly. There's, there's so much there to play with. Yeah. And he's such a super smart, charming, 
man, we really were always trying to find the best way to do the scene. Because um, you can always interpret it various ways, but we, we were going we to make sure we were finding what we believed to be the best interpretation of that scene. And that just continued. And, and, and he set the tone and the foundation for the film of the, the magnitude with which we knew we were telling a story about American class separation of class, the sort of loss of community, and also this sort of like examination about empathy, which I thought was a very interesting thing that we were talking about while we were on set, which is, you know, you think you see someone through a window in their house, mm-hmm. and you know what they're going through, and you cast all these assumptions on them, but then as the story explores through someone else's perspective, like Marissa's, Tomei's character, you come to then realize the reality of what they're Yes. Trials and tribulations. Yes. Are. And, and that and, was and, so and, great to me. That was such a defining moment in the movie, actually, not to interrupt you, but when when we learned what was really going on in Miss Marissa Tomei's world. I loved that so much. Thank you. I'm glad it worked for you. I mean that I mean yes. that's what movies are. They're mm-hmm. they're empathy machines. Yeah. You know, we're we're going into a dark room and they're and we're asking, take me somewhere I've never been before. Can I feel for someone that I don't know? Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it's and you're 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 doing that, but then you're doing it for three different people from their separate journeys that are intersecting each other. Yes, and uh, yes. And as, as a filmmaker, that was really a, a really fun um, way to make a film. Right. And, and I, again, I don't want to give anything away. I always say that um, because I, I really want people to watch this. But, you know, when you first are introduced to Marissa Tomei's character, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you know, spoiled, bored, rich housewife, blah, blah, blah. She's sad about God knows what. And I honestly, I probably don't care. But actually, I did care. And it was extremely interesting. <laughs> so that's what I, I kind of meant by that. Um, but just going right. back to yeah. to leave for just one more second. I know that he's a producer on the film as well. And something that I always just wonder about is, is there ever any conflict when you sort of have to work with someone who plays dual roles? Like you're talking to him as, as an actor on your set, but then he also has a producer hat on where it's his set. Is that weird or? Well, I, I think, you know, he he's an actor first when he's on set mm-hmm. as a, um, and we're filming, and he's a producer in other areas as the movie is getting made or navigating itself through post and probably part of the strategy with distribution. There's many ways in which a producer can be a producer, but he, you know, his, his first and foremost and, and, and deepest concentration was just to inhabit that role of Drew. Okay. And, and, to, and to do a what we felt like was a new interpretation and, and, and not in any way looking at the Italian film as a guidebook, but we were, we had a clean slate here to kind of tell our own story. And he and I both felt that we were touching upon things that reminded us of Willie Loman. Okay. That was on our mind when we were filming and that, cool. yeah, but there wasn't, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always wonder about that. And, and I and never then, I never and, talk to people about yeah, it or ask them, but there's also, But there's also a lot of actors, you know, the way in which they come to a project and I understand that you wanna protect the things that you care about and if you if you have the ability um, to also be a producer on a project, it allows you to have another way to um, 
chime in and and to make sure that you the thing you believe in is moving along in a way that makes you feel comfortable comfortable to it being its best self right um, right and and so as a, I, yeah, yeah as yeah. a journalist i always appreciate that too because you know when these actors are actually producing it and have a stake in it they're more likely to talk to us and tell us why people should go see this movie rather than just having it be just another project for them they're way more invested so i always love right. that and, and it, and he and it allows uh, it allows me as a director to also have him as a sounding board when I'm in post mm-hmm. too. You know, yeah. it, it, there's when you have a, a, a wonderful collaboration with an actor who also is a producer. It's 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 just maybe a deeper partnership. Yes, and that's what I mean. It, it must be just so great, like all around. I just wasn't sure if if sometimes that was weird on set, but I guess if they're super professional like Leave is, then it wouldn't even matter at all. So, um, that's great. So then just really quickly, I know I'm taking up too much of your time, but Paul Sparks, um, I don't know if you watched him in house of cards, but I just think it's so funny that, and I, there was like one other film or show he was in, but he's always just sleeping with someone else's wife. (laughs) Do you just get that vibe from him? Just like upon meeting him that he could just easily slide in and sleep with your wife. (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm like, wow, this guy is, he's just good. Like, he's good like that. He's suave like that. Well, right? I mean, there was no, there was no, there was no typecasting on that. And I don't okay. think I had seen that, that season of House of Cards. Okay. Um, but oh, I wow. had been aware, I've worked with the same casting director. Um, my wife's producing partner, Jody Turgenti, and I have mm-hmm. worked with Stephanie Holbrook on numerous films, including... You know, my friend Dahmer in previous movies, How He Fell in Love and Harvest. So I was happy that she was the casting director on, with us on this as well. Mm-hmm. And she's always brought up Paul Sparks as yeah. someone yes. for a role that might be in his wheelhouse or his age. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. Uh, yeah, I, I, he, I really loved working with him. Yeah, I mean, he kills it. He he's, was, he's so believable in, in these roles where you're like, yeah, I mean, he's got me. I... <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, you get it. So. There, was a lot, there, was, there was a lot of charming men on, on this set, I have to say. Between him, Peter, Peter Sarsgaard, Liev, yes. Alex Wolf, you know. Yeah. Yes. No, totally. <laughs> there was, like, yes, a, yeah, A-listers, hot men everywhere. I um, I definitely did not mind it, Mark. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, so, not to be That's cliche, good. but I am, I'm getting this movie out there because I was such a big fan of it. Um, so again, a little cliche, but just why do you want people to watch this movie and just why is it relevant right now? Well, it's relevant because it's about, um, American class or loss of community. It looks at, um, you know, how we live these separate existences as wealthy middle class and maybe someone who's struggling to make ends meet and how we all do share things but we all unfortunately i think a lot of times when things get hard we all scramble to our separate corners to sort of preserve and save ourselves first Mm -hmm. and so it shows also how like money can kind of rescue certain people out of problems Mm -hmm. and that's you know that's a that's a painful thing to look at but it's it's relevant but at the same time the movie is also about empathy because here are these characters that the viewer almost becomes the detective in this character-driven thriller and is able to try to piece together the truth of what actually happened 
and through yes. the fact that we are led to empathize with various different characters and their separate concerns on how their lives may be fractured or changing under the, you know, after this inciting incident that occurs at the top of the movie, which is a hit and run. Um, yes. And I will say, as a viewer, I um, I can generally sometimes guess these things, what's going on. I did not guess this. So just throwing it out there. Um, it is not guessable. Great. <laughs> so, yep. Great. And, yeah. the, and the other thing is just try to make something that's fun and entertaining and engaging to watch. And that, that's reason enough sometimes for someone to just go watch something, you know? Yes. That is... Yes. Uh, that's, that's almost most important. You know, I don't necessarily need to always make something that has a puts uh, makes a statement about the world that puts something on a soapbox but once in a while you just try to make something entertaining and you know that was my goal also with my friend Dahmer that you enter mm-hmm. that you empathize with a future monster and then I just made this other movie with some of the darkness that's a crazy um, genre film with Johnny Knoxville and Alexander Daddario that's coming out soon and then there's human capital here where yeah. it's also fun and engaging because I think you got yeah you got to try to figure out what the truth is what so really Mark happened Myers, now people everyone, are gonna he is a delight figure, and work their way we also have his next film to look forward to We Summon the Darkness with Johnny Knoxville I can't wait um, ugh, I'm kind of embarrassed that I brought up Jessica Simpson at the beginning, but whatever, it's relevant. I just read her book and he didn't seem to mind. Um, anyway, if you don't have Friday quarantine plans, plan to watch Mark's new film, Human Capital. You will not be disappointed. Okay, guys, stay healthy out there until next week. for listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous. Until next time. Sometimes during Christmas, something magical happens. Hey, Cricket customers. The Max with Ads plan is included with the Cricket $60 Unlimited plan at no additional cost. And this holiday season, Max is the one to watch when you're feeling festive. Son of a nutcracker. Cozy up to all the holiday classics like Elf, 8-Bit Christmas, and the Harry Potter 8 Film Collection. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. Phone plan streams and standard definition programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricutWireless.com for details.